0: welcome back to the red velvet podcast i'm your host with the most pablo rosario and welcome back to part two of the How to Be Vulnerable Without Losing Your Masculinity series. Now, I, I normally wouldn't you know, spend so much time on a particular topic, but if you listen to part one, you would understand how important it is to have this conversation right now because we are in the middle of a, of a period where men are trying to find themselves. They're trying to redefine what it is to be a man and, and find out solutions and find the place where the emotions fit in in this whole conversation Concept, this whole thing to be a man. And right now, I personally feel that, you know, guys are getting lost out there, they're getting bad advice. And they are being led astray and not knowing what to do with their emotions. Right now, to have emotions is to be seen as weak, is to be seen as less than. And in my opinion, I completely disagree with that because to have emotions is to be human. And And it's the reason why we don't talk about it as men. It's the reason why so many men are suffering nowadays, why we suffer in silence, why it leads to men committing suicide, getting violent, getting addicted to certain things like drugs, porn, alcohol, gambling, and so on. And so this talk on vulnerability, I believe, is so important because it's at the core of all emotional healing. It's getting to the place where you are at one and you're able to face your emotions head on without hiding from them, without making excuses, without feeling ashamed for them. And I personally feel that this is the key to unlocking everything else that you want as far as being a human, as far as being a man and being loved as a man. And with that said, uh, to take you back real quick on this, on this one, if this is your first time listening, I invite a good friend of mine. His name is William Pellerin. He is a psychotherapist from Canada. He and I worked together when we worked for Neil Strauss. Uh, I, I would consider him one of my teachers when it comes to this inner you know, work stuff. And so in this episode, you guys are going to get a whole lot of tools a whole lot of tools on how to deal with with vulnerability, how does it work within relationships. Uh, You're gonna understand how you know, by putting up a wall, you're not gonna let stuff in, and what happens when you don't let stuff in. You're gonna learn tips for how to connect with yourself, tips for how to communicate to your partner when you're feeling vulnerable, and a whole lot more. So I want you to stay tuned, this is part two or three, I got one more coming for you right after that. With that said, sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. I'll catch you at the end of it, later so let me ask you this something that might be on people's mind so let's say i was vulnerable Mm -hmm. but then i got shamed Mm -hmm. uh i crashed and burned it was it was met with uh in a relationship right and maybe some guys can can relate to this i was in a relationship uh, seven years ago something like that and the woman that i was with you know, we were going back and forth and then I, 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 you know, opened myself up. I started to tear up, you know, started to shed some tears and I became vulnerable, but it was, it was not well received, (laughs) you know, for lack of a better phrase, it was not well received. Um, You know, I, I, you know, my, you know, she questioned my manhood and uh, you know, it was, it was very, I don't want to say traumatizing but you know it hurt and so my question is what if someone told you like hey okay cool i was vulnerable or i am vulnerable what happens or what should i do if i get shot down
1: right so there are different pieces of this that i'd like to address first is if you're having that emotional reaction like seven years into a relationship that's seven years of trying to maintain that image. That's seven years where this other person has had this relationship with somebody else, with this fake image you were trying to project. Mm-hmm. Right? So now you're kind of putting that image aside and you're showing up as a completely different person, and that's gonna shock the, other, the that's gonna shock the partner for mm-hmm. sure. Um, so there's that. So in that sense, I think this kind of stuff, it's important to do it right from the start, from, right from the beginning of the interaction. Uh-huh. Just learning to own your experience and being honest about who you are and just being unwavering about that. Uh-huh. Not, Like you said earlier, not giving up parts of yourself just to please uh-huh. who you, well, who, to, just to become the person that you think is going to please them.
0: Uh-huh. So that's
1: part one the other part is that if and this is my personal philosophy but whatever i'm doing if the other person has a reaction to it generally speaking that reaction is very rarely about what i did Mm -hmm. and it's much more about how they interpret it and how it clashes with their worldviews, or how um, there's like a thousand different things, but the experience is likely theirs and theirs alone, and has nothing to do with you. Like you've triggered something in them that made them feel anxious, that made them feel uncomfortable, and all of that is based on their own script, on their own beliefs, on their own upbringing. And so if I'm able to distance myself from that, then I'm not affected by their reaction because I understand that their reaction is not about me. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. But what about, what about when you do show moments of vulnerability or when you, you know, take the leap and, do, and emotionally expose yourself, you take that risk and it's not well-received? so
1: you can look at it in two different ways one where, did you do it because you had expectations did you do it to because you really wanted to connect with this person and you expected them to take care of you to um because you wanted sympathy or whatever it is first you want to take a look at that
0: uh, you bring up a good point because years later after that relationship, I looked back at that moment where I cried in front of her and I broke down. And Mm -hmm. uh, for a while, I held it against her. And I made up a story that, oh, that just proves, that's another point that proves she was just a bitch. And, you know, you you can't, you, you always have to be strong in front of women. But looking back, and I took an honest look at myself when I did it, it was really more to get sympathy, right? Because at the moment there, at the moment there was nothing. Like I was trying different ways to respark the attraction and get her to come close to me, to get close with me. Nothing was working, so I did that mm. in an effort to bring us together. Looking back at right. it, honestly speaking, uh, and so looking and so, I guess what you're, sounds what you're trying to say you know, for guys that have uh, shown themselves and they say, yeah, I did it, but then I got hurt. To look at, okay, well, first off, what was the reason behind that you decided to do that? Uh, You know, was it to get a response and and, and to have an honest look? Because I agree with you. I mean, had I done it, had I done it, uh, you know, just to share, it would have been a different reaction. And now that I think about it too, now that I think about it, too, in my current relationship, for example, whenever I do share with my girlfriend and then let's say she's wonderful, but let's say hypothetically she makes fun of me or she, you know, doesn't take it seriously. Um, obviously, it's not going to feel good because you're sharing something deep with someone else. Uh, but, in that, but in that case, you could do one or two things. One of them is to let them know, like, hey, I'm actually having a serious moment here. I'm you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not joking around. And then the second thing is actually to say what you were hope is to speak up and say something along the lines of, you know, that's not exact, that's not, uh, you know, the response that best supports me right now, or mm-hmm. uh, essentially speak up um, and let them know that, or make a request and say, hey, like right now, like I'm being serious right now and it would really help me if you, if you listened. You know, and if worst case scenario, after you say that, and, and they still are belligerent, they're like, you know, you know, you're a man. You shouldn't feel like this. You shouldn't feel like this. I'm gonna go out and say that's not the person for you. That's not the partner for you. In my yeah. pers- in my personal belief, um, you know, for guys listening, and you're afraid to be afraid to be vulnerable. You know, it is uh, I believe a great relationship whether you're a man or whether you're a woman. I'm thinking when two people a partnership. It should be where where the the idea behind it is where one person creates the space and the environment for the second person to feel comfortable and okay and safe to share. And, you know, sometimes, again, you know, we're humans. Miscommunication happens. And at that point, that happens, you make the request. And you say, hey, babe, what would really help me right now is if you uh, listened, if you were present with me. Uh, I would really appreciate some reassurance from you because this is important for me. And again, you're not demanding it. You're just sharing what you, what is you would like. And I believe at that point, if the person is on purpose not doing that, because by the way, she may have issues with vulnerability as well. She may have issues uh, or, 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 or she may have challenges being present with someone mm-hmm. who's being vulnerable because it brings stuff within her. That's that's very much a possibility. And so, and so, which is which is why uh, this type of conversation, it is very important. So let me go through a hypothetical conversation that way guys have actual like how to tips as well, but they're all based on the same principle, which is having a conversation of, so step one is that you make that request specifically for what you need in that moment. You know, what, you know, could you, it would, you know, be supportive to me if you were present, could you listen, could you, Um, give me five minutes to compose myself, even asking for time and space. That's a good request. The second thing is if they, you know, be pay attention and if they, if they want to, but are having difficulty with it, feel free to ask them like, Hey, is it hard for you to, you know, does this bring up something within you? Because it just might. And they explore that and find some common ground there. And let's say even after that and she's just blatantly like you asked her, can you be present? She's blatantly like this. No, just stop being a bitch. Like, just be a man. That's not the woman for you. I do not care if it's Jennifer Lopez. I don't care if it's a uh, Victoria's secret model. That's not the woman for you. That's not the woman of your dreams because I believe the woman in your dreams, not only is she going to, uh, you know, physically and intellectually, set you on fire, but I believe also emotionally to have like a real, a real relationship that, that is blows your mind. I think also, I believe also, you're going to, you know, if you find a woman that creates that space for you to break down without challenging your manhood, that's the woman for you. I believe. I know I said a lot, William, do you, do you have any difference in in opinions and thoughts? So,
1: I think if the person is uh, really attacking you massively like that usually it's important for to to explore to at least understand where they're coming from Mm
0: -hmm.
1: usually it's because there's some like they have their own script of what a man is Mm -hmm. just like you do Mm -hmm. and suddenly you're doing something that kind of goes against that and now she feels threatened or insecure within that relationship.
0: I see what you're talking about. I see what you're talking about. It sounds like so to, yeah, if ahead.
1: you're able to hold your experience and still be fully present and have that experience as you know as a masculine man and be okay with however she's reacting without responding to it. You know, just letting her have her experience and being okay with her having her experience you'll be able to make her feel safer around that.
0: So then where's the don't... line? Where's the line? <laughs> that's, I think that's, the, that's a great question. So where's the line between letting her have her experience and you having a boundary you for yourself in terms of what you'll accept and what you won't?
1: I think a lot of those lines can't be negotiated uh, in those moments. A lot of those things have to be discussed outside of conflicts. Uh-huh. Um, so, and the line is going to be different from you, from, you know, your line is going to be different from my line. Uh-huh. It's important to know where your line is uh-huh. and to share that with your partner because your boundary is not for them to respect, it is for you to maintain. Uh-huh. They're always going to challenge your boundary, they're always going to because it's not their boundary. They don't know where the line is, but you do. So if you feel that, like they're crossing the line, you can take a step back, let them have their experience and then come back to it, mm. come back to that interaction.
0: Mm. Okay, so what you're saying is that, for example, in the moment you're going back and forth, she challenges your man, she says, you know, questions your manhood and says, you know, stop being a bitch, be a man uh so what you're saying is to take a step back realize that she's having a moment and experience to let her have it and then would you say to question and say okay what is being a, like what do you mean by that like what does being a man mean to you
1: yeah that could be a good solution a good direction
0: well that's i mean it, it but here's the thing and in the ideal world for the uh super zen guy it may be, it may, it's something that they may do, but in the moment, like, how does, how does one, how does one do that in the moment?
1: Because in those so this, moments. This brings us back to what I was saying earlier, I think, which is about being really present and attentive, really listening to what the person is saying without getting dragged by it. Mm-hmm without being um so so it's kind of like they're throwing bait at you
0: mm-hmm. and if
1: you bite at it then she she's gonna drag you all across the, the town yeah. if you're just able to notice the bait keep a step back mm-hmm. without biting just observing it you can still navigate around it
0: mm. i agree with that I that agree.
1: takes that takes practice it's not something that's going to happen overnight it takes practice you need to be aware of what triggers you uh ah, because it's, it's going to be different but i can't tell what he, what's going to be bait for you yeah but i can know what's going to be bait for me I love so being that. aware of your triggers and learning to notice when they're showing up yeah. being aware of how it feels in your body being present to that experience and still being able to kind of lean back from it without being pulled by it
0: you know what, it doesn't makes a lot of sense that i love it i love these conversations because, <laughs> because you know I, know I know i mentioned before about there being about there being you know feminine and masculine energy within us uh, at the same time there is a sort of man woman dynamic that's also occurring at the same time uh, one thing that we mentioned is that women seek for stability the stability Uh, in terms of like and and how that makes them feel safe and how that makes them feel safe Um, and one thing that happens is that in the heat of the moment they're gonna go off they're gonna go off but I think it says something and maybe this is this is also what makes you you know an attractive man that's what we've been talking about this whole course of being an attractive man and really expanding that definition is being unfazed, so to speak, or unmoved right. or, or unreactive when she's going off like that, because the 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 unattractive man, if you will, will respond back, right? And I'm not saying, and and I, and I think I, I think you might agree with me when I say, you know, we're not saying to be a punching bag, and just or to respond back like that, but unreactive. Right. Unreactive and uh, yeah, yeah, uh, unreactive and that unreactiveness also shows strength because it does show. It's like, it like it takes tremendous strength to be present, not to take things personally, and not to, and to not react and to not right. get in to your own demons, to your own interpretations. And so, one big takeaway is number one is to practice. It's a, it's a practice being present and in that learning not to take things personally and listening and listening. Like you mentioned before, realize that what she's saying is, it doesn't have anything to do with you, with you per se. It's really more of reaction to something that happened years ago. It's more of a, a response to that, that this current moment is reminding her of.
1: Right. And the way I think I approach this usually is that, Every couple has this conflictual dance, if you want, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: where they're going to say something Mm -hmm. and that thing is going to trigger something inside of you. Mm -hmm. You're not going to respond to what she's saying. You're going to respond to that thing inside of you. That's Mm -hmm. what you're doing when you're lashing out and reacting. Mm -hmm. And so when you're reacting, then that triggers something inside of her. And then she's going to respond back to that thing, not to what you're saying, but to that internal experience of anger, of anxiety, of all, you know, it can be a thousand different things, but she is going to react to that, not to what you're saying.
0: Yes, agreed. That's what happens. And it's having that presence of mind in the middle of the actual argument to when you have that presence of mind that helps you create that, that solidness that mountain that stability and what ends up happening that even though and trust me even though in the moment she may be ah like this in the back of her mind what's up happening is that she's she's accustomed like everyone else she's accustomed to a certain reaction she's accustomed to that cycle yes she's accustomed to it but then when she realizes like with you that the cycle is not happening is a pattern interrupt yes which in a sense Actually, drags her out of her own shit and has her have that type of conversation with you. I'll give you a great example. It is so with me and, and my lady. So she's, um, you know, she uh, she. There was one time we were in a car. We were having a disagreement, and the plan was to spend the night at her place, have dinner and everything, and she you know she was driving and she said and she said um and she, and she said well i can just take you home if you want to i'll take you home as she was driving and i said no no it's all right it's all right and then she asked a couple more times and i said no we're we're gonna keep going we're gonna keep going And and then later on she told me that that really confused the hell out of me because <laughs> because normally You know, I will expect you and every other person to be like, yeah, sure, take me home. I don't even want to spend the night with you. And I was thinking in my head, why why, why doesn't this guy want to go home? Why doesn't he? Why doesn't he want to go home? But for me, the way I operate as far as my values, that I have the courage to be committed to, like even if she decides to take me home, it's completely different from I deciding to take me home. Mm -hmm. All right. So my value for me, one of my values is. In a fight, like in a fight, there's no like we don't eject. We take breaks to recoup ourselves, but we don't eject without having some sort of thing. And me going home would have been an ejection, in my mm-hmm. mind, my 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 values. Um, and she ended up appreciating that. She ended up appreciating. She said I was confused, but you know, like it, it, it's it's you know I'm glad you did it. And we later on talked about it more in the moments when she's angry, funny enough, in the moments when she's angry, she feels like normally, again, this is going back to reacting to people's shit. Normally when someone's angry, you don't want to touch them. You want to go like this and keep to yourself. Right. Funny enough, that actually creates more distance between me and my lady, what she said. And I, I asked her, I was like, even when you're, when you're mad, um, it seems to me that even like if I you know while touching you while I'll be mad, um you know you don't mind that you actually like it. she goes, yeah, because I still feel connected to you
1: mm.
0: and so I could have given in to 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 the to to the bullshit and been like, Oh, she's angry no i'm I'm gonna be over here instead of having that presence of mind that oh she's reacting to something, and then even though I'm still angry but the way I'm, I, I, my values are, what I'm committed to, which is connection and authenticity, I still rub her back. I'll put my hand on her leg. And even though we're mad, we still keep it, we still keep connected. And instead of my shit reacting to her shit, it's an, oppor- it's, it's an opportunity to, to lessen, to loosen that grip and operate from where we want to.
1: Right.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so that you bring up a very good point. Of having that, so I think that's great, um, and and I think that you know that ability, also in that moment when you are reacting, right? When you are reacting, I think also part of it that, that creates a connection in giving her space to do this, is also using what I taught in terms of uh, the nonviolent communication, back in the in the module about how to keep her, which is you can she's allowed to express herself. Yes. also which is fine which is all but also don't be afraid for you to express yourself because part of the thing is you know we don't want to become a punching bag because also at the same time at, at the same time like william said like you mentioned you know your boundaries are for you to enforce and part one of my boundaries i'm going to say how i feel if i'm angry if i don't like something there's a line that you cross i'm going to voice it and i'm going to share it um and then from that point on, from that point on, it's all about giving the space to authentically express. And if you feel, fa- you feel sad, you feel angry, you feel frustrated, you feel betrayed. I don't think betrayed is a feeling, but you feel abandoned, <laughs> right? You feel abandoned. You feel, uh, you feel disconnected. Say that. That's authentic expression right there. You don't need to cry a million tears, but say, you know, in your discussion, like, hey, when you, when I understand that, you know, with your thing of manhood and I could see the way you were reacting, when you said that, I felt hurt. And I want to, you know, maybe next time when you do want to express your anger, could you, could you say it in could you say something else or could you refrain from saying that and making that request? So, mm-hmm. and and st- so
1: it's okay for them to communicate their anger, to have their experience, mm-hmm. but you're still setting a frame around that for them to do that.
0: Exactly. That you, a frame that you both agree on. Right. Exactly. A frame that you both agree on because this, because again, it's not a dictatorship where it's like, it's only like this. <laughs> Cause you're not the only person in the relationship. There's somebody right. else. It's um, yeah, some so
1: flexibility.
0: Some, flex, some flexibility, but a containment, a container in which that anger is expressed. Um, And I think, and also, I think that's what that, and not running away from those confrontations and really dealing with it. I think that is masculinity. That is manhood, which goes back to courage to face those things. Yes. Face those conversations head on and really be present to all the ugliness of it.
1: Right. You're not trying to change their experience. You're not trying to fix the issue for them. You're just accepting their reality accepting their experience allowing them to experience it and you're okay with it you're just present to it
0: so would you say that masculinity or right right so essentially essentially one of the answers to our overall question how to be how to be vulnerable without losing or risking your masculinity without risking your manhood would you say that a working answer or principle, because you know we like to work in principles. But it's essentially it's to be present in the face of the ugliness. Yes. Whether absolutely. it's yours or hers. To stay, I love that. To not run away. I think I think that's a great definite, a great principle. And you'll know some of the way. And a great exercise is to, you know, meditation is definitely gonna help, but to become aware of the way that we run away from the ugliness. You know, sometimes is by going, is by avoiding. Sometimes maybe by manipulating, like I did doing the crying to bring him closer. Maybe it is uh, getting lost in work. Maybe it is you know talking surface level. So I think one great thing should so be had developed that self awareness. And the second thing, I mean, but at the core is staying present in the face of the ugliness, not running away, not ejecting. What would you say to that?
1: I think that's beautiful.
0: I think that's great right there. I think that's great right there. Man, if anything, I feel like that might be a good place to end it. I don't have anything <laughs> else to say. Well, I would like to leave guys with some practical tools because, you know, you and I, William, we, like, we we live and we breathe this stuff. We read about this stuff. You know, other guys, they may be a little bit earlier in their journey. Uh, and, and, and are, are still, you know, making their way as you and I, cause by the way, heads up, right? Don't get it twisted. Me and William still have our moments. Okay. I, I know that for sure. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I'm still on my vulnerability journey. Okay. It took me, I, between you and I, it took me three years to tell, to really genuinely tell my girl, Hey, you're my person and really feel that. Mm. You know, and me, I'm I you know, and, and I could feel it right now as I'm saying it. But uh, you know, normally I'm I'm, you know, funny, make quick one liners, but it took me three years to really generally tell, like, listen, I just want to tell you like you, you're my person. And so, you know, William's on his journey, I'm on my journey, this is a never ending journey. And the name of the game is to not never feel sad, not never feel angry. The name of the game is to um to, to own your
1: experience.
0: That that's it right there. That's it. Like, how much can you own it? How deeper can you own it? How authentically can you own it? That's the name of the game right there. That's how you measure your progress. How much, how authentic and how much do you own it? And and so...
1: And I'm going I'm to jump in right here because owning your experience sometimes gets misunderstood as well. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're feeling angry, owning your experience of anger doesn't mean lashing out and screaming at the other person and just... Putting it all there. It means, okay, I'm angry right now, and I can still make a choice to act from a different place. Mm-hmm. I recognize and acknowledge the anger that I'm feeling, and what I want to do now is this
0: mm-hmm.
1: instead of being in reaction mode where the anger is controlling. You.
0: Yes. Yes. I'm right there with you. Lovely tool right there. Lovely tool. Excuse me. Any other, I have a couple tools in mind. Um, so let's start with this question, right? Uh, for my guys who still have that fear to be vulnerable, because we can talk about it all day. It makes sense intellectually, but at the end of the mm-hmm. day, as you know, internally, there's probably still that fear for some guys. So my question is for the guy, how does he get over the fear? Or what can he do to start getting over the fear uh, and, and to start being more vulnerable?
1: So this is going to be uh, maybe counterintuitive, but I will say learn to be vulnerable with yourself.
0: Hmm. Okay. Could you explain that a little bit more? How, how yes. You-
1: um, explore your own emotions. Hmm determine what makes you sad Mm -hmm. give you some space to experience that sadness Mm -hmm. because if you don't accept your own experience when you're going to be vulnerable with somebody else then you know they're gonna they're going to feel that they're going to feel that there is some shame around it Mm -hmm. yeah so you know if you I, i know some people they put on some music and they go and they cry for like an hour. They do that like once a week, and it just helps them connect with that. Uh-huh. And then they're able to approach the world like, yeah, this makes me sad. Yeah, uh, I'm crying, and it's perfectly okay. I love that. Ra- rather than, oh, I'm crying. I should hide it. Please don't see me like this. Oh, I'm still so weak. Oh, please take care of me, or whatever it is. Uh-huh. You know, just learning to be comfortable with your own emotions, your own experience.
0: Mm yeah i I agree that i i I love that a lot um the whole listening to music when you sad thing i've done it before i've listened to adele so many times so
1: i've watched sad movies Sad. I, i watched a ton of really sad uh japanese animation that still make me bow my eyes out you know And I still own that. And it's once you're able to tap into all of those emotions, you know, it opens up a whole richness into the world because you're able to feel more, you're able to connect more, you're able to be more authentic and have access to more of those emotional experiences that just make life worth living. If you're just this big statue or this, you know, if you're just hiding behind an armor, It's not just that things can't get to you; it's that you can't actually get to them, mm. because there's always that armor in between.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I mean, speaking of that, is that one thing? Is that for me, there was this particular exercise called breath work that I avoided <laughs> for fucking. <laughs> and, Love breath work. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's great. Um, but speaking of like experiencing those emotions the I prevented from doing stuff like breath work or like exercises like you just mentioned William the reason why I prevent that because I didn't want to feel that I was like I don't want to I just don't want to feel that bad like what's the point I just want to avoid that but the thing that I realized after doing breath work is that is that emotions are like are like two sides are like two sides of a spectrum. But there, but, but, and the thing that I think with my perspective that it was uneven, like maybe one side was longer than the other. Mm. And so like mean, meaning that, Oh, my goal is to feel a whole lot of happiness and just a little bit of sadness, but there are two sides of the same coin. And the funny part, the, the, the truth is that the more you go and experience one emotion, the other, the more you can experience the other one. Yes. The more you can experience the other way. So like the deeper you get into that emotion of sadness, the deeper and the more ecstasy you can feel in happiness. and I'm, and then and also on top of that, these emotions are not two separate ones. They they are two sides of the same coin. They're not they're like, we keep thinking about like, oh, this is a different one, this is a different now. they're two sides of the same coin. You can't really separate them. One doesn't exist without the other.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And so I love the exercise that you mentioned because it's also going to help you feel the happiest you ever felt in your life. And the other concept too to keep in mind that these feelings are temporary. We don't want to do it because we feel like we're going to feel like this forever. But all feelings are temporary and there are moments in time. It's not a final chapter. It's a moment. You're having a moment. This is a moment where you feel sad. It is also a moment where you feel happy. So that's one thing that helps have the courage to go in and feel that just realize this is just a moment because there will be another moment. We feel something different.
1: Yeah. And we, we spend so much time trying to avoid those emotions, like so much time, so much energy, and we put ourselves through so much pain just to avoid those things. But when you really sit down and fully experience them, there are very few emotions that last more than 20 minutes. Yeah. And that's actually backed by science. Like if, you, if you're really sad about something and you take 20 minutes to really cry it out and just feel it and experience it fully, usually by the end of those 20 minutes, you know the emotion's been processed. It's been moved out of your body and you're able to just start moving forward. But if you keep holding it back in, then that sadness remains in the background, and keeps trying to express itself until at some point, you've accumulated so many emotions, so many things that you haven't expressed that something just snaps and you start blowing up. And it affects you sexually
0: as well, too. Of course. Of course yeah. it does. Yeah, it affects you sexually as well. No lie. For again, with me, I shit you not. There will be there's been moments where I've been in my shit with something, but the minute I talk about it, I let it out and I process it, just like the block is done and Let's do it, baby. I'm ready. <laughs> really. So, and, so again, work it out. I love that. Another great tool for connecting with your own self-vulnerability is that I personally use is journaling. Mm. Journaling. And, I, I, and, I talk, and this journal is specifically for you. What I do, I have an email address that's mine. No one knows about it. And it's directly from my own personal thoughts wherever I am. So that way I don't have to wait to get home. Pull out my phone. And I let my thoughts loose, unfiltered, mm. unjudged. And I say some wild shit. I'll curse, I'll say, and like I show my ugly side. But afterwards, it's it's that blockage like it's gone because so everything's in here, which is a very small workspace. But mm. when you get it out, that workspace clear, and you have much more of an opportunity to look at it and to process it. So journaling. Uh, and just send up that email address and just letting it loose does wonders. I, yes. I think of that. I um, love another- that. I'll have uh, one more. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. I have yeah. one
1: more, yeah. Um, so this comes back to learning how to distance yourself from your automatic reactions. And what you're going to do is that when you are feeling anger, when you're feeling anxious, when you're feeling all sorts of emotions, just ask yourself, or explore how that feels in your body. Just become aware, are there any places where you feel more tension? Are there any places where you feel some expansion, some vibration, some, you know, I've seen people go really deep into this kind of stuff and they close their eyes and they visualize that place. They sometimes give it shape, they give it a color. They just become really familiar with their own unique experience. Mm -hmm. So that when it shows up again, they're able to catch it immediately
0: Mm, rather than
1: letting it drive you.
0: Yes, identifying it, being able to identify, especially physically speaking. Mm Because you're right, because sometimes we may not be able to uh, identify it emotionally, but we know certain feelings in our body, certain sensations. So I love that. I think that's great right? I have another one, which is actually another great one, which is the use of a code word. So early in my relationship with me, my girlfriend, uh, again, vulnerability was difficult for me. I would avoid stuff. And so we came up with the idea of a code word that when I say this word, what follows after is vulnerable. So please be present and please hold space for me. And so our code word was Linda. I would recommend the fun, like the, the, the funnier, the better, because it just comes an inside joke between you guys, but it also has a special connection. So she and I would be talking and I would, and I would say, I would say, yeah, uh, Linda, by the way, blah, 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 or okay. Uh, Linda moment coming on. And then she immediately knew, okay, let me, let me be present. Let me listen. And, and that gave me the space, and that gave, that let her know that, hey, I'm about to be vulnerable, and it gave me the opportunity, and safely, to emotionally expose what I was feeling, and what ended up happening is that we stopped using the word altogether, we don't use the word anymore, now it's just, hey, and we start talking, and I'm able to do that, because internally, I feel safe, internally, I feel like she's going to listen, Internally, I feel that whatever I'm gonna say is not gonna make me feel like, any, not gonna make me look like any less of a man. So that's a great, that's a great one as well. Uh, I also have another. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, you. I have, yeah, you,
1: have, I have a, you. You made me
0: think of something else. Yeah. All right. What do you got? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I actually like that uh, Linda thing. Yeah. One. Um, so I think that works great because you're in with a partner who's very emotionally intelligent, and that works really well for them. For me, one thing that I've one thing similar, well, somewhat similar that I've done is we just ask the other person if they are in a state to receive Mm -hmm. that kind of information, that kind of experience. That way we're not just like if you were well, if my partner was to tell me Linda and just throw everything else afterwards right. i might not be in that place where i'm able to receive that because i might still be in that triggered state right. and i might not be open to you know being empathetic or anything like that uh-huh. and so what we've learned to do is we ask ourselves permission and you know sometimes sometimes we'll do that sometimes we'll just ask what do you need right now and often because we're both avoidant. Um it'll be just, well, I need space right now, and we'll just be OK, and we'll walk away, we'll give each other some space. we'll come back and we just take a little pause. And you know, that's OK. We don't take the break as something personal. again, it's their experience. They need this, and I'm going to respect that. I'm going to be okay with that. Yeah. And we're going to take a small break, and we're going to reconvene later
0: hey what's going on it's Pablo here I want to say thanks so much for listening to this episode like I said this is part two or three so I got one more of these for you I'm telling you it it was a super long interview and it had to be cut up into as many pieces but I hope you are getting a lot of gems out of it I hope it's providing value and it's hopefully that it's you know lit up some ideas in you and with some new ways of being and new options on how to tackle vulnerability and masculinity So tune in next week where we complete the series on how to be vulnerable without losing your masculinity. Till next time, I'm your host, Pablo Rosario, and this is the Red Velvet Podcast. See you next week. Later.